Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman. I'm joined as I am every week. I almost said Hulk because of what's on the screen. Uh, a man who you wouldn't like him when he's angry, Mr. Shane Reeves. Let's well, just tie it all in. Yeah. Welcome to Hulk Talk. Yeah, that's basically... Okay. The Hulk is one of my favorite all-time comic books. Now, I don't call him a superhero. He's not a superhero. It's not what he's built for. And he's not a villain. He's just the Hulk. He just is. He's chaotic neutral. Um, he just kind of exists in his own, you know, I guess secretly I want to be the Hulk. I want to just kind of exist on my own yeah. and only help those that I want to. And if I don't, just hop away. And uh, he's a monster. Nobody will care anyway. This may say a lot about my psychology. I think it really does. <laughs> and how much I like the Hulk. But, and I will say, um, Smart Hulk, Worst Hulk. Absolutely the Worst Hulk is Smart you Hulk. You like full lizard brain beast. Well, I like Joe Fixit. I like the Gray Hulk. And I like the Savage Hulk, which is the standard Hulk. Mm-hmm. And um, a little bit of a fan of the Devil Hulk. So you have to understand... The, so, okay, this ain't Hulk talk, but I'm going to talk Hulk for Go a minute. Go for it. So, The Incredible Hulk is a manifestation of all of the different schizophrenic um, personalities laying inside of Briggs Manor. That's why when She-Hulk got the poison, there wasn't two She-Hulks, because she is a healthy psychological human being. That's why Rick Jones, when he became Abomination, that's why when General Ross became Red Hulk, that's why Bruce Banner is the only one that has multiple iterations of the Hulk inside of him is because his fractured brain from an abusive father who killed his mother in front of him and the weight of being a genius, we all know how tough that is, Mm. um, created all of these schisms psychologically inside of him. So based on which one is playing front at that time determines the type of Hulk you get. Right. Right. If you need the Savage Hulk is the iteration of the child that Bruce Banner was when he was being abused. Yeah. And the the Smart Hulk is the worst by far because it's it's the schmarmy, um, you know, college professor, cardigan wearing Hulk. It's the worst Hulk of all of them by far. But anyway, what are you smoking today? <laughs> Yes. I, th- I thought I had more time. I thought you were going to go for a while. <laughs> well, I, I kind of I kind of faded off of the Hulk stuff. I didn't want to get too far into it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I kind of challenged myself walking in the humidor tonight to not take too much time and to just figure out, find something, grab it, and be done with it. And that ended up being the Agonorsa Leaf Supreme Leaf. You know, I know you smoked one of these on the show a couple weeks ago. I think of their core line stuff, this is one of my favorites. I think it's the best marketed or, you know, it has the best shelf presence of any of this, of, of their cigars. I love the color scheme. I love the simplicity and the minimalism of the band. And it's a good cigar to boot. It's, oh, I forgot to tell my iPad not to go to sleep. It's Nicaraguan binder and filler uh, wrapped in a Nicaraguan Corojo 99 leaf, six by 52 Toro. You know, it, it, it's all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a, you know, they're good cigars. You know, I smoked one last week, and they're an annual release. Um, they're different sizes every year. I don't think they're different blends. And this year they happen to release it in a Toro, which should be the most popular size. You would think, yeah. 
but um, hadn't been selling real well around here. But none of the Agonarsis stuff has moved around here real well lately. Um, just not it's not something that the clientele here are interested in for whatever reason. I feel like Agonarsis is one of those that it's funny because even people that aren't smoking Agonarsis cigars are smoking Agonarsis tobacco. They just don't know it. You know, because that was the real revelation for us a couple of years ago when we got on it. Well, when they started making their own cigars. Was to, when you start to realize how much Agonorsa tobacco is in the, in the cigars that you really like. And I don't have anything off the top of my head anymore. I used to know. But, yeah, it's just, there's not a whole lot of, there's not a whole, they're good cigars. In, in fact, I would almost say they're great cigars. But they're not memorable. Well, you know, um, we need to do a show sometime on things cigar reps and cigar owners have told us that I'm sure they're just making up. Mm -hmm. You know, this was aged in a monk's casket for 22 years and dug up in the South Seas of China. You know, stuff that we know that they're like, okay, there's no way they can actually prove that I'm wrong here. So I'm just going to make something up here. And I think, because chief amongst those for me is when I'm sitting in here of a rep and he, and he says, well, what cigar do you like? I said, well, I like Lagolera, Connecticut. Oh, I blended that one. And, you know, there, there's one um, owner of a shop, of a business in particular that one of our friends used to be employed with, I won't say who, that is terrible to you'll be sitting there and say, oh, I smoked this Placencia and liked it. Yeah, I blended that. Yeah. And you say, well, then why did you give it to them? Why don't, why are you selling subpar cigars? If you're capable of blending this good stuff, why are you giving it away? Right. And so sometimes I think that that's what happens is they say, oh, well, you've smoked Agonorsa, which, yeah, okay, I've smoked Agonorsa tobacco. I've smoked all kinds of tobacco. The skill of the blender is far more important than the tobacco. At a certain level, tobacco's as good as it's going to get. True. No, and I guess to the point that, oh, wow, that's, that's really good. I, I forgot how good that was. Like I said, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's the same blend each year. I think it's just the size. But man, that that's, that really works for that. Um, but no, I mean, you know, we've talked oftentimes about the comparison between tobacco for purposes of cigars and wine and how, where it's grown, how it's grown, all of that does play into the flavor of the cigar. And, and yes, the art is in the blending, but I do think just like you have a preference for Nicaraguan versus Honduran versus Dominican or whatever. I do think if you traced it back to certain farms or certain factories, you would probably quickly find that you do have a preference for this, that, or the other. I'm certain you would, but I'm certain that long before you got to that, you would, you know, I would be interested to know how much can a can a blender, a great blender, take mediocre to make tobacco and make a great cigar i don't think so i think it's how i think it comes down to you can't win the golf tournament on the first hole but you can sure as shit lose it i think it's kind of like that you you can't take bad tobacco and make it good but you can certainly take good tobacco and make it great well speaking of good to great so i'm smoking a la galera connecticut and the reason i'm smoking this is I'm going to say something on the program that needs to be said aloud. This is better than an undercrown shade. Wow. And it's $4 a stick cheaper. 
And okay. it's, it's better than an Undercrown Shade at the same price. If this was the same price as the Undercrown Shade, I would pick this up over it. Okay. That's impressive. Because I, I know you've smoked at least eight boxes of the Undercrown oh, Shade. ever since it came out, loved it. Yeah. And here's what, here's what happened is we were sitting there looking at the books, and um, Mark said, man, we sell a lot of Lagolera Connecticut's. And I said, well, you know, they're an 8 $9 cigar. They're a good price point. They're good entry level. They're, you know, this, that, and the other. But I got to thinking, I said, no, there's got to be some other reason. Yeah. And so I grabbed one and I lit it. I'm like, holy cow, this is, this is an amazing, you know, it's a Dominican Puro. And I, I was like, this is an amazing eight something, 846 stick. For under 10 bucks, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. I mean, just absolutely blew my mind when I found that out. Before we get into the first topic of the show, I wanted to bring something up that happened recently with a rep in the industry. And obviously, I won't say who or or who they represented, but because you were talking about the guy who sits right, oh, I blended that. Or I've also heard the, oh, we make that. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. It's made in the same factory, but you didn't touch it. That kind of thing. Um, is that worse or is it the cigar rep that talks to you like you've never had a cigar? Well, you know, there's different things, like there's Dominican tobacco tastes different from Nicaraguan tobacco. And so by blending it this way, we, you know, you're going to get, you know, in the Maduro, you're going to get these sweeter notes or the, 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 you know, I know I, I've had a cigar before. Thank you. Well, there's... I find... And I'm talking specifically when they're talking to the owner or the decision maker of a shop and do that. I find that really inexperienced reps try to come in and do that in order to establish that they know something about cigars. See, the particular... this The most recent time it happened, it was a very inexperienced rep. Um, so and and I, I thought that was just you're a little nervous, so you you fall back on the script they've given you. Or, or oh, you know, I, know exa- I know exactly who it was because he, I, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly who he, who you're talking about because he did the same thing to us and we were just kind of like, okay, yeah, but now, now tell us about you. Mm. Tell us about. Don't tell us what you know. We don't care what you know. Tell us about what you care. Right. Because ultimately, what you know about your cigar doesn't matter. Right. Because whether or not it's good and whether or not it fills a hole in our humidor is what's going to determine whether or not we bring it in. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, we were sitting here one day, and Mark said, "Hey, so and so's coming." I said, "Oh, he's an old hand at the business." I said, "This, he's, I said, he's as slick a rep as I've ever seen in my life." I said, "He's really good." And Mark said, "Really?" He said, "Well, I had a bad experience at his booth at TPE at the trade show. They wouldn't even talk to me, and I'm going to find out about that." And this guy, man, he slides in here, and first thing he says is, "Hey, will you talk to me?" <laughs> and instantly diffuses off right. that whole situation. Then he sets down like a true pro. He whips out his cigars, and he hands Mark one. And then he looks at Mark, and he says, Mark, do you mind if I give your customers a cigar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all, which, again, pro move. Right. Just right one after the other. It was like, he, this dude could teach a school in repping. Yeah. <laughs> And all he, he's the smoothest I've ever seen. But now he's been in it 19 years. He should right. be, and he's been with the same company I know for 18 of those 19 really? years. I think but, I know who you're talking about. But man, he's just he's smooth as silk and all. And it's funny because you see the difference in the reps, which 
kind of, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about today is from Half Wheel, La Aurora's U.S. distribution opens for business. So La Aurora for many, many years has been distributed through Miami Cigar. And they recently stepped away from Miami Cigar to distribute themselves. Mm -hmm. And they have on this Half Wheel, which, by the way, good article, Charlie. Good job. I'm quick to complain about Charlie, but I'm going to praise him. This was a good job on this particular article. Um, he laid out who's going to be in charge of what. You know, right. John Gaglio, brand manager, so forth, so on. And they have a Florida East Coast representative and a West Coast representative and a representative for Colorado, Oklahoma, and Texas. That's some big territories to cover. <laughs> well, it, it makes you wonder. You know, we speculated when this news broke that they weren't happy with Miami Cigars' repless model and that maybe they felt like they needed to go back to old school and, and get, you know, boots on the ground and make it happen. This would seem to make it sound like it was more of the point that, oh, we can do this without having to employ one person for every three states in the country? Okay, we can do that. Well... It also could be, um, so let me get this straight, Miami. Y'all are cutting out all our reps, but you're still going to take the same cut of the pie. You're still going to take the same cut of the profit, yet you're cutting your expenditure. Yeah. So why do we need you again? Well, but if it's if it's on a per sale basis, does that really matter? Um, it depends how the contract is written. Yeah, it does. And it depends on how they're represented and how they're done yeah. and all. And, and also, I think I really think what it comes down to is Tatiana. Yeah. Miami's, you know, we've heard from different sources in the industry that Miami's thing is Tatiana. Yeah, they make their whole year on Tatiana. Right. Everything else is gravy. Right. Everything else is just extra. So, but it will be, you know, it's hard to beat boots on the ground sales. And if you've got a cigar that's world famous and everybody loves you know if you've got a Padron no you don't need reps right um, if you've got a Perdomo and you're going to control it the way Perdomo does mm-hmm. you know you're going to be sure you got the right humidor position you're going to be sure you get everything done the way you want it done then you're going to need reps but if you're just a company that wants to sell a couple of boxes of sticks and don't care where it sits in the humidor you're going to have a lot less success, but you're also going to have a lot less expense. And a lot less headaches. You know, I'm, I would be curious, and I, I'm not going to say this well, but I think you'll follow me. Uh, a really great rep is good for your business. A, a good rep is good for your business. A bad rep is disastrous for your business. So... If, if we look at it like a bell curve with excellent on one end and does it skew more, does the cost benefit analysis of limiting your exposure to bad reps outweigh the benefit to that one really, really good rep? No. You, you think you no. can handle the bad reps? Here's the thing. I can tell you from this business, from being around this all the time and talking to these guys. There's several cigars we've brought in the humidor at the show, and we met the people and talked to them. And they don't have reps, and they haven't called, and their cigars are leaving. Yeah. There's no reason for us to keep their cigars. Now, there's reps 
There's cigars that we've got in there that the reps come by here fairly often. They don't ask for nothing. They just shake hands, tell us, hi, how are you doing? You want to try something? What can I get you to smoke? How can we sit, you know, and just sit and talk to us for a little bit. Those guys, even if their stuff is slow, get a lot more lenience in the humidor than the guys that never touch us. Well, one rep in particular that lives in Nashville from us has never darkened the door of this store, and we've clearanced all of his junk out. And I know he has to have driven by this store 200 times in the past year that we've been open. Well, so I guess you're kind of making my point, though, that that bad rep is doing more damage to the brand than if they had no rep whatsoever. Now, this brand what this brand ain't good enough to stand on their own though. I, I realize that, but we're but in the context of like a La Aurora, who is enough if again, and, and you're talking about like the people that don't have reps but never call. I'm saying if you if you go to a repless model, you still have to make the touches on the stores. You can just do it a lot quicker and more efficiently. I, I, there's part of me that wonder because I get your point, and there's there's because this industry so relies on that face to face time. But I feel like if if you had an experienced director of operations who understood call centers and who understood the way to make a personal approach without having to walk through the door, still make you feel valued, but he doesn't have to worry about that guy who lives less than 30 minutes away who never shows up who he's constantly having to put out fires because this rep isn't doing what he's supposed to I think I think there's I think there's a, a case to be made I see your point I understand what you're saying um, I don't agree with it because nothing beats a good rep there's 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 no amount of bad rep can do in damage to your business because at the bottom of the market if we've still got people you know there's a number of cigar brands that are a complete and total pain to deal with right but you still have to have them because people want them people want them yeah so regardless of how bad that rep is we still have to keep their stuff in the humidor okay so it's really a case-by-case basis right yeah it's a it's a it's a quality of cigar and, yeah. but, and I don't think that, And don't get me wrong I don't think La Aurora Has a poor quality of cigar But I don't think They have a good enough Quality of cigar To go on a repless model I don't think That's going to happen Perhaps not It'll be interesting To see and, and this is of course All speculative You know There may be This may be phase one You know Where they're You know we were, Who was I talking to The other Oh I was talking to that Same rep the other day About their original territory it would have taken me a year just to memorize all the states he had, you know. It, so I wonder if maybe this these are wide territories with the intention of shrinking them and and building a workforce. Well, and what they may be doing is they may also be using independent cigar sales. Yeah, they could be doing that. There too. could be some of that. So, yeah. Forge Cigar Company STG returns to PCA trade show with Forge. This from Cigar Journal, the one I've got. Yeah. And so Scandinavian Tobacco has announced they're coming back to the PCA show. Um, it was 2020 when General... 21. Uh, yeah. Because there was no show there in was no, Well, they weren't coming in 2020 anyway, even before they canceled the show. But General... Yeah, has it been that long? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. General Drew Estate... Um, what were the other two? Davidoff and uh, the fourth big one. 
Uh, oh, Altadis. Yeah. All said, nope, we're not coming to the cigar show anymore. Now, STG, it, the Forge brand, is an offshoot of General. So you have an interesting theory on this. I won't steal your I thunder. Do. Well, I, I, I want to clarify. Forge is not necessarily an offshoot of General. Because it goes STG and then General and Forged are just separate portfolios. It's Forge doesn't roll up under General. Um, I, I, I just for whatever reason I think that's important. So yeah, so from uh, from aficionado they talked about the, no from Half Wheel. Um, Alec Bradley's PCA booth becomes Forge Cigar booth. So. I'm wondering, you know, we reported on the show about a month ago that STG was buying Alec Bradley for a ridiculous sum. And I'm wondering if it's so close to the show, being July 7th through 11th, that they were Alec Bradley was contractually obligated to maintain their obligation to that vendor space. And now that they're a subsidiary of STG and Forged, did they say, okay... Well, we've got to go, but we're not just going to go under your brand. We're going to rebrand the booth to be all of the Forge portfolio, including Alec Bradley. That makes the most sense of anything in here. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. You know, the Alec Bradley booth was a big presence last Mm -hmm. year. And actually, this kind of also happened when Forge took over Matt Booth. You know, when Matt Booth went over to Forge last year he had a little booth at the show that he had already paid for so he was there anyway he didn't have any cigars to give but he was there anyway just shaking hands and making his presence known at the show which was okay which is not a bad deal anyway so yeah i don't i think you're you've probably hit the nail on the head as to exactly what's going on with this and that that may be what they're doing but so let's step away we come back i want to talk about a new cigar and some new accessories and some silliness going on with that. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with that more after this. to the cigar cast it's one of your hosts shane sitting across for the man that's never missed a chance to buy a rope mr trey dead you know that's remarkably close to being true so here's the thing and this is one of those interesting things i bought a bundle of rope the other day you never know when you're gonna need it exactly my wife said what do you need the rope for because it's rope because you always need rope right what what if i need a there's no reason if you see a just a you know a cheap bundle of rope, nice rope, you know poly, polypropylene, whatever that stuff is, yeah, good nice rope, not to buy it, and all, and we should make a list of things that you just can't pass up on having an extra one, like yard sales. Yeah, I buy bolt cutters. If yeah. I see a five dollar set of bolt cutters at a yard sale, it's going home with me because bolt cutters are one of the bolt cutters are a lot like ten mil sockets. Everyone has has a set, or you know, most people do, but you never know where they they are when you need them. And when you need them, you need them. Well, and nothing else can do the job of a set of bolt cutters except a set of bolt cutters. 
you know, yes, you can. Yeah, you can Dremel it for six hours. Right. You can use a screwdriver as a as a chisel. Yeah. You can use, you know, a hacksaw as a hammer. You can use some tools you can use otherwise. But when you need a set of bolt cutters, you Nothing need a set of bolt cutters. Nothing else will do. Yeah. And that's one of the things. I, my wife has trouble understanding certain things that I do. And But sure enough, the other day we were somewhere and somebody said, oh, I need a set of bolt cutters. And I reached right in my truck toolbox and whipped a set out. Right. And they're like, well, that's, that's an odd thing to carry everywhere with you. I said, no, it ain't. If ever I need a lock off, I've got a bolt cutter. Right. If ever I need a chain broke, i got a bolt cutter. If there's, you know, it's one of those super useful tools that everybody should keep one in their truck. There are, there are a handful of tools. I, I really like, so I fancy myself as the kind of guy that people don't call me often. You know, I'm, I just don't... People call you for favors all the time, right? Absolutely. Very rarely do people call me for... But when they do, I show up. Right. Uh, there's, there's nothing that I won't show up for. And I have a lot of pride in the fact that oftentimes I have heard... Well, of course, Trey would have X. Whatever the tool or whatever the whatever it is, I always come prepared. And I, the, bolt cutters are one of those Johnny-on-the-spot tools, just like a pair of lineman dykes. So versatile, so useful, and you should always have one within an arm's reach. Mm-hmm. Going back to the rope thing, though, and I feel like you'll appreciate and understand this more than probably anybody else. Have you noticed how bad rope has gotten? Oh, there's some bad rope out there. There man. is some, and, and that's all you can find. You go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot, don't buy any of that rope. It is all that foam filled, it stretches, it doesn't hold a knot. Rope has gotten so bad, but. If you live in an area near where rock climbing happens, you know, those guys replace their ropes often mm-hmm. because there's a lot of safety because, you, because <laughs> your life depends on it. The last thing you want to do is be using, I think I get one more use out of this. And Fred, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. So, but it, the rope's not at the end of its useful life. It just end of for its that, rope. It's, it's just at the end of its useful purpose. If you can pick up some used climbing rope, that is the best stuff ever. And it makes great dog leashes. Oh, super handy. Super handy stuff. So, but, oh, by the way, I bought, I bought a car last week for my wife. And I have to tell the story because everybody here in the shops heard it. And I think I need to tell the story of this. First and foremost, let me say for the record, if it wouldn't violate the Geneva Convention. I would make Russian spies talk by sending them car shopping with my wife for one hour. (laughs) (laughs) They'd be singing like a bird (laughs) after an hour of that. But in her defense, she did better this time. Mm -hmm. So I call the guy. So modern car shopping is you look online and you find the car you want. You make sure it's the price you want. And all the salesman has to do... Is not screw it up. Right. Is not blow the deal. That's it. That's his entire job is just don't blow the deal. And also, I call, and it's at BMW of Nashville, all right. which has two stores. They have one on Armory Drive and one on Cool Springs. The Armory Drive is about 30 minutes further away from me through the worst parts of traffic. So I call, and they got a Ford Explorer there I want to look at. Give them a call. They say... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just come on up and take a look at it. Well, then this guy calls me, this knucklehead. He calls and says, oh, it's at the Armory Drive store. And I said, well, I really would rather have it at the Cool Springs store. That's where I'm going today to look at cars. Well, 
I'll need you to come to the Cool Springs store if you want to see it. And I said, well, let me tell you something, buddy. At 1 o'clock, I will be leaving my house. At 1.30, I will arrive in Cool Springs. And if that vehicle is not there, I will drive my butt to CarMax where the vehicle that I want will be there. So if you would like the opportunity to sell a vehicle, I suggest you get in that one and bring it down to the store. Right. And then we had a discussion about paying cash for a car. Oh, well, we finance all of our cars. I said again, well, if you decide you don't want my money, I'll be happy to go to someone who does. So this guy was already two strikes in the hole when I get there. So we get there and drive the Explorer, not not the vehicle we want. So I tell the guy, I say, okay, here's the deal. We're going to take this Explorer for a test drive. We don't think it's the vehicle you want, we want. Being as you've come down here, why don't you look around? Here's my parameters. No black, no white, leather interior. Here's the price. Here's mm-hmm. what I want to spend. I get back. He's pulled up every white, black, cloth interior vehicle he has that costs $5,000 more than the price I told him <laughs> I was willing to pay. And had the nerve to say to me, before I, got, I was getting ready to leave, I said, well, we're going to go look somewhere else. Yeah. I said, you don't have what we want. Has the nerve to look at me and say the car line, well, is there anything I can do to earn your business today? <laughs> I gave you plenty of opportunity. <laughs> You've had every opportunity in the world. So we drove to CarMax, which is what we should have done to get-go. Yeah. They're so dang good there. They take such good care of. I should have never varied. I should have just went ahead and drove to CarMax. Drove to CarMax, set in four cars, found the one we wanted, bought her a Cadillac. Everything's great. There you go. But I'm just, you know, we were talking about salesmen earlier in the show, and it made me think of this particular salesperson. Don't be that guy. Right. <laughs> and all. But anyway, okay. Big Golf and Epic Cigar debut cigar at 18th hole. So this is the from Cigar Aficionado. And that's big with two Gs. Yes. And they released the Big Stick. And all, nothing about this company makes me want to purchase their cigars. No, it really doesn't. I, you know, this has like frat bro kind of all over it. It's got that kind of energy. Well, so it has an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, two binders, Nicaraguan Dominican Republic, and a Nicaraguan filler, and it's blended to be a medium-bodied stick, $16 a piece. I I both love and hate this line from Inicia, Aficionado. For those not too familiar with golf slang, Big Stick is the term used for the golf club known as the driver, a crucial tool in any golfer's arsenal. How many times have you been out to golf with somebody who never even pulled their driver out of the bag? And beat me. <laughs> it's not a crucial tool. No. It's the one piece of equipment that most people handle wrong. Most The biggest favor most people, most golfers could have is their driver to break on the first hole. Yes. I, I, I once took the driver out of my bag completely because I used to play by strict rules, 14 clubs in the bag. I took my driver out of the bag to give me an extra wedge mm-hmm. and played everything with a three wood that I was laser accurate with. Absolutely. And, but this is the company and this is the part of the story I wanted to get to. 
They make the hole-in-one cigar holder. You don't want to talk about the fact they're asking 16 bucks a piece for this stick? No, I mean, any more 16 is not a big stretch for me. It is for a company like this, I feel like. For a new cigar, yeah. That's for a kinda, gimmick. Yeah, for a gimmick. Yeah. It's a little pricey. Okay. But the hole-in-one cigar holder, basically somebody said, let's put a tee inside a golf ball. Let's glue a tee to a golf ball. And let's drill a hole into that cigar through that golf ball. And then everybody will impregnate this golf ball with their cigar on a regular basis. I was about to say, this was designed by a 13-year-old with a little bit of imagination and not a lot of uh, social interaction, shall we say? Yeah, definitely. A little bit of pent-up frustration went into (laughs) this. Here's my question. Why would you not whack the golf ball in half? Drill your hole, whack the golf ball in half. It still works as a rest, and you don't have to slide it up and down the shaft of your cigar repeatedly. Yeah, I. There's no. The only reason I could see wanting to carry this in your bag is if it's a punishment for the guy who scored the worst on the previous hole. You've got to use the hole in one golf holder for the rest of the round. Right. I want to be sure you don't lose your cigar. And <laughs> no, this is this is terrible. This is a a terrible and golf and cigars are littered with so many terrible gifts. Yes, gimmick gimmicks and well, fishing is the other yeah. one. Fishing, fishing, golf, and cigars. I think that's the three. Now, okay, I've never been a big drinker. Is there a lot of bad drinking gimmicks? Oh yeah. Well, we talk about it every. Christmas when the gift guides come out, right? The the rocks glass that has the cigar holder in it. That's a double, you know. Mm-hmm. The decanters that are shaped like Corvettes, the the whiskey rocks, the the, the stuff, the 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 novelty the, stir the, sticks and the ice cube holder that makes them in the shape of a skull. Have you seen right, that? Yep. One? Yeah, yeah, so there's there's plenty of but nowhere near to the extent well, moving on, because I want to talk... This is from Rikambu. And Rikambu has got to be... This has got to be an AI-generated list. Because this list is called Cigar for Men. And that's it. That's such a weird... I, so I got this article. I went to Bing and typed in Cigar News to do my show prep today. And this came up and it said Cigar for Men. And I said, well, that's such an odd art. Okay, so I have some information for you on Rakambu. It is, in fact, an AI-generated website. Rakambu provides decision-making assistance and rates the best products and brands in every category according to customer evaluations and purchasing trends. By clicking on the products above, we may... uh, And then I moved it. We, We may receive a commission at no cost. So, basically, they've got a web crawler that's set up to whatever you search... It performs that search against Amazon. And then, so, like some of these that don't actually make sense as to why they're included here, probably says cigar or some keyword in the description or in the reviews somewhere. And then it aggregates what has the best reviews and what has the best, you know, and then it, it just curates a list. And then... Over here, view product, buy it on Amazon. So if you click through that link and actually buy it from Amazon, they get that affiliate they link. They make a nickel. They make a nickel. Well, 
the number one is exercise bike assembly. Now, I can't tell you how many times we've been sitting here in the cigar shop, all of us talking about our exercise bike assembly at the house. <laughs> you know, some, some cigar stores, you know, we go ahead and do a spin class on Thursday nights while we're all here smoking. There's part of me that wants to look at this and figure out why cigar actually, like, popped up on this. So, and okay, fellas, everybody listen to me. You're not as witty as your T-shirt. Your T-shirt's never going to make me believe you're witty. Especially if your cigars got a tap dat ash cigar T-shirt. <laughs> if that's on, you're sitting by yourself in the store. Yeah. I'm, I'm li- I smoke cigars and know things. Yeah. And, uh, now, okay, I'll give a little credit. Pink Floyd, just a cigar shirt. Uh, okay, I can. Right. I can. All, that's that's so close to witty as to almost be acceptable. Um, Remy Latour's cigar two-piece gift set: an eau de toilette spray and deodorant spray. Does it smell like cigars? I I'm afraid to click on it. I'm just curious. Does it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's cologne and spray deodorant. Maybe it's. So I am gonna click on it. As if you go, so if you go down while you click on that, I'm gonna click on ten best cigar holders, and our um, oh the the uh, per the cigar holder that we had earlier, the hole in one cigar holder ain't on this list. Yes, it smells like tobacco. Ten best cigar holder for golves, G O L V E S. You thought it said gloves at first. Well, especially because it's got a little uh, Audrey Hepburn cigarette holder as the as the icon there. You know, if I ever invented a product and I was trying to sell it, and it came up on one of these lists, I think I, I would just you would feel like a, an abject failure. I, yeah, it's kind of like, can you imagine what an artist feels like? When they're sitting in a McDonald's and one of their song comes on the radio. <laughs> or worse yet, when their prints on the wall. Oh, yeah. Kroger Radio, and here is... Oh, man, that's it. I got, I got to go back to digging ditches. Here's a McHit from a McBygone era. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you've got to just feel... There's certain stuff that's just got to make you feel like you failed. Right. But moving forward off of that, because we got a topic to get to, and I'm going to hit one more cigar before we get to that topic. Tatawahe's... Lomo de Cerdo heads to stores on Monday. Um, so at the PCA convention this year, they were talking about this particular cigar. The past year. Yeah, 2022. Yeah. They were talking about this. and it's a, So what it is, is it uses the binder and filler off of the pork tenderloin, which is their... I've never smoked one. Have you ever smoked a pork tenderloin mm. cigar? I thought you had. I thought you gave me one. Uh-uh. Never smoked one. I could have sworn I had smoked pork tenderloin. And they're, but instead of using the Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, now they're going to use a Mexican San Andreas wrapper on this. Which reminds me, after the show, I've got a cigar I want you to try. All right. Um, matter, matter of fact, I may wait and make you try it next week on the show because it's it's outstanding and it's surprisingly who it made who's made by. All right. Um, so this debuted in June 22 and includes the Avion 13 Tuxla. Tatawahe Tuxla and Tatawahe T110 Tuxla. And um, this tobacco... Okay, sorry, I got the article confused. The tobacco's been grown to be used in the Tuxla series. Okay. So, big big takeaway of this is, one, 
We debuted it July of 2022, and we're talking about releasing it April, April 2023. <laughs> but Seems like you just held it over. Let's talk about this. $12 a stick. So cheaper than the big stick. It, that is true. And the good thing about Tatawahe. You know it's good. And they keep their pricing good. Yeah. They do an excellent job of keeping their pricing down for super high quality cigars. It, it's, they're one of the few, because I remember when they used to, to be priced out of my of my everyday smoke range. But while everything else has gone up around them, they've stayed and gotten a lot more competitive. Yeah, they're doing a great, great job there. So I just, and the other thing is this actually has a label on it that identifies it as this cigar. Something they're not really known for. Something they're not good at. I wish they would get better. If there was one thing I could correct, it would be, hey, I would like to not have to use the legend on the Monster Bash box to figure out which Monster cigar I'm happen to be smoking this time. Although those are color-coded enough that they're usually fairly easy. I don't know. It's pretty tough. All right. (laughs) uh, Unless unless you've went through the trouble to memorize what all the Monster series were, because it's not like the, the legend has the label on it. No, no, no. It just says the name and the position. So if you drop this box, you're going to be smoking a mystery for the rest of that's the That's right. <laughs> for the rest of this box of cigars. So something that's near and dear to our heart in here in the cigar shop is telling stories and telling a good joke. Yeah, I don't remember what it was that, that brought this to mind a couple of weeks ago when I brought it up, but there is, there is a certain art in the cigar shop to joke telling. And there's an etiquette to it as well. And those things aren't mutually exclusive. You know, if you've spent any time in a cigar shop, you have experienced where some guy decides it's joke telling time. And it's usually brought to mind by the topic of conversation or whatever. So, okay, that reminds me of a joke. And then here it comes. As soon as the first guy tells a joke, it seems like the floodgates open. And it becomes this round robin. And it's not, (coughs) excuse me, it's not one-upsmanship. It's not that. Very rarely is it, oh, I'm going to... Oh, no. But it becomes this sort of writer's round of telling jokes. But there's... It's it's just funny how I don't think there's another avenue in my life where as soon as one person tells a joke where the it's like, okay, the topic and the and the method of communication has shifted to now being fully rehearsed and regurgitated. Well, so jokes are... The last spoken word history we have. You think about how very few people know jokes because they've read, you know, Shecky Kimmler's joke book. Right. Most of the time, it's oh, my uncle told me this joke. Right. And and I and I pride myself on being that dirty uncle that tells the tells my nephews jokes that they shouldn't repeat to their parents that someday they'll repeat to their nephews and. You know, so forth and so on. So, and I think that that's what brings it up in the cigar shop because when you're, when the jokes start, you're not just telling the joke, you're remembering who told it to you and when they told it and what the situation was and how that all worked out. So, I've spoken very fondly many times on this show about our annual, now biannual camping trip that, that the men in my family do. And Usually on Saturday night, as we're all sitting around the fire before we pick up and go home the next day, it, it becomes a, a joke-telling free-for-all. And we've all been camping together for 20-some-odd years, and we, we all know that. And I'm there with my uncle and my dad, pe- the people that taught me most of the jokes I know. 
we did something really fun this last trip where, so, okay, instead of telling, just going around and telling jokes, just say the punchline. And then most of the time, everyone would start laughing because we all knew that it's like that joke of right. three seventeen. Some people could tell a joke. And if, if there was someone around the campfire who didn't know the joke, then you tell the joke and get to the punchline. And it was a really fun way to go about joke telling because you think about the punchline first. Right. It, I didn't know your father was a pharmacist. Exactly. I don't actually know that one. You can tell me after the show. Oh, well, I just ruined it because I told you the punchline. But, but, but I'll tell you anyway. The, the, but that, <laughs> that kind of goes back to the topic at hand, right? Like, a good joke isn't just the punchline. The setup, and any if you listen to any podcast or interview with stand-up comedians, especially if they're talking about the craft together, they'll talk about the the key to a good joke really lies in the setup. And it's, and it's funny because... I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone start to tell a joke and realize they're telling it differently than how I know it. Right. And they approve it. Right. Most of the time, not. But (laughs) I've had a couple. I had actually I had one of my favorite jokes improved dramatically because of a guy told it to me and he, he laid a whole new layer in it that just totally made made this joke and I brought new dimensions to this joke. And, and it goes back to that oral history. It, it's like a game of telephone. Everybody who tells the joke adds their personal spin to it. But as from an etiquette perspective, if you find yourself in this, the key to a cigar shop joke, I think, is brevity. You know, I, I'm a sucker for a good pun, especially the really long, drawn-out ones, like Artie Chokes Two for a Dollar at Safeway, or um, You See One, You See Them All. But the cigar shop's not the place for those jokes. No, the, sto- the story, the joke that takes a while to tell, you, you can't rush it. And brevity, brevity is the soul of wit. There is right. no doubt. So I kind of laid out some, some guidelines here that I think that people could follow, and I want your input back. Number one, know your audience. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy that takes kind of a fun joke in the round to be that next level of either gross or too dirty for the audience. You know, yeah. thinking about this shop in particular, you know, the owners here all met through mission work. You're probably not going to want to tell the joke about the woman in the brothel. And, right, the, you know, the traveling salesman and the... yeah. yeah. Yeah, so know your audience. So kind of get the temperature of the room, know your audience, understand the time. And timing is everything. Yeah. One, timing when you're telling the joke. And two, timing when you're telling the joke. <laughs> it's also it's also you don't ever want to be the last guy to tell the joke. You know, you don't want to kill it. Usually it grinds to a halt. With the guy that doesn't know his joke too well. Right. And and I've always had to fight this urge to not say to somebody, hey, um, excuse me. You want me to call that Would one? you like me to tell that joke for you? <laughs> and all, because I, I try not to be that guy, but there's yeah. sometimes you see a guy just butchering a joke and you want to say, hey. Um, Especially if it's a joke you love. Yeah. Yeah, you just want to say, hey, can I tell that one for you? <laughs> 
<laughs> and all. So it's yeah, it's tough. And that's number three. Be able to enunciate the joke. Have all the words. Have everything. And don't don't choose a joke above your skill level. Don't you know? I don't want to tell a joke, especially in a cigar lounge. There's jokes I have in my repertoire right now that I couldn't tell you right now because I got a microphone in one hand and a cigar in the other. Right. So I couldn't be making the hand signals. You couldn't be doing bird imitations around the big top. Exactly. I couldn't tell the joke properly from this posi- from this position that I'm in. Right. And I don't need to stand up and you know stand on top of the table and try to tell a joke in the cigar shop. Not 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 the place for it. Um. And also, okay. Now here we've discussed this before, and I do want to touch it again. Don't interrupt the punchline or correct them of other people. Yeah. Just give them the courtesy laugh and move forward. Yeah, you don't never steal another person's punchline. That's that's rule number one of joke telling, regardless of where you are. But yeah, I, I, I stand by it. If you've heard the joke before, when it gets to the point in the... Because oftentimes jokes involve a certain bit of trivia or a riddle of some kind. That's part of... Like one of my favorite jokes I heard re- recently is, why was the apothecary's wife so happy? Elixir. And... Say <laughs> short, brief, short, easily enunciated. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it's... You've, you've, I've, I forgot why I felt like pulling that example out. I forgot what I was saying. Don't be that guy either. <laughs> Don't interrupt people's punchline. Oh, yeah. So as soon as you get to the point in the joke where you reckon, give a courtesy... Oh, that's right. Because it's a, a, a riddle of sorts. If he wants, if the person telling the joke wants people to guess the answer, that little courtesy chuckle at the setup allows him to know you're not my audience and focus on the other people around. Exactly. And have a joke that you know is a winner, that you've worked out. Don't go on the fringe. Right. If you're in the circle and you're telling the joke, then have one that... That you're, it's kind of like ordering a drink at a bar. Have a cocktail that you know how to order. And pick your best one. Like, come out, come out swinging. Better to leave them wanting more. Yeah, and you know, and it's kind of the same thing. I'm a storyteller by nature. Mm-hmm. I like to tell stories, and I like to repeat stories that I hear, especially about wrestling. I'll always talk to people about different stories. I heard, you know, I told you the one about The Undertaker last week. Right. There's a lot of these stories that I kind of get to tell, but... I've worked them out way in advance of actually stepping up to tell them. There is nothing worse than start, starting to tell a story and realize you have no punchline. You know, it's an interesting anecdote, or it's maybe a little funny, but it, but you don't have the timing worked out. You haven't told this. And there's some trial and error. You have to tell it wrong before you can figure out how to tell it right. But when it comes to the joke circle, yeah, you need to have one locked and loaded, and you need to know it well. Well, have a beginning, middle, and end. And you know, I um, we were at one of my best friend's funeral, a fellow I knew for 32 years that passed away a couple of years ago. And I was asked to get up and say something about him, and I worked a couple of jokes into mine. Mm-hmm. But I did it in a very, you know, very polished and tasteful way. Reverent, right? Reverent, and it kind of it really made the room much easier. Can we talk? This is kind of getting off topic a little bit. Can we talk about the best man speech for a second? Because I feel like this applies to kind of what you're talking about. 
With the advent of social media, there is no shortage of best man speeches floating around the internet. Not the place to have a roast. If, if you happen to be coming up to where you have to speak or give a toast at a wedding anytime soon, leave the roast to the bachelor party. Absolutely. Don't, don't talk about... Grandma does not want to hear about his sex life or the no. the the binge or, or not the binge the the bender in Vegas. Right. Yeah. The trip to Tijuana that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. Leave those stories for a very close audience. Well, okay. So I'm admittedly um, inexperienced in the best man's toast and plan to stay that way for as long as humanly possible. And all I've made I think it. you've reached a station in your life where you're you're pretty safe. I'm pretty safe. I and, hope so. And, unless a friend of ours decides to get married a third time, I think you're good. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I pissed him off this weekend, so he won't ask me for it. There you go. But anyway, what is what should you convey in the best man's toast? Your relationship with the the groom and or the couple. Some well wishes. And some light humor about their relationship and how it, but in how it positively affects their relationship. I'll give you a quick example because we're running out of time. I was a best man for my brother at his wedding. Now, my brother, you've met several times, is stoic to the point of being aloof. You never quite know what's good. He's, he's very even keeled. Yeah, he's a little dry. And so, which is funny you say that because he's, he's got a sense of humor similar to mine, you know, but he just, he's very, he, he doesn't get excited about much. And so I made the joke in the best man speech about how I knew that that relationship was destined to go the, disf- the difference because when he was talking about his now wife, his face went from here to here. And it's just a very, very slight right. change in, in facial expression. The, the room erupted, you know, because it was, it was positive about the couple. It was, you know, germane to anybody who knows my brother. You know, that's the kind of thing that you want to weave through. Yeah, and don't get all mushy. Don't. I knew from the first day he met her that they were destined to love. No, no, no. Don't get all that. Just keep it simple. Get, same rules as telling a joke. Keep it short. Enunciate it well. Yeah. You know, my, my uncle was the minister for my dad when he married my stepmom. And, you know, and, and I gave, gave a toast at that end. So only, only in Florida can a man marry his brother. <laughs> Absolutely. See? Quick in, quick, quick out. Quick in, quick out. So, hit, you, hit you high point, moved on. Yep. Absolutely. Well, all right. Tell me about the Supreme Leaf. You know, I'm having some construction issues here in the in the last third. It's fallen apart on me a little bit. I've got cracks in the wrapper, which I'm not... Uh, it's not really affecting the smoke too much, though. The draw's been a little tight all night. I, w- I would like it to be just a little looser. I wonder if last year's box press maybe has me a little spoiled. It may have. What are you going to rate it? Five and a half. That's a fair rating. That's a fair rating for that cigar. The Lagolaire Connecticut's a six all day long. Wow. The only thing that keeps it from being higher is that it is a Connecticut. Um, but it probably, in truth, should, deserves better than a six. Wow. Because the, um, the quality of cigar for the price is off the charts on this one. 
If you if you're a Connecticut smoker at all, this Lagalier Connecticut's the way to go. If you like the Pernomo Champagne, you'll love this. If you like the Undercrown Shades, you'll think this is better. This really just hits the spot every time. This so much so I was actually sitting on the porch with my wife Saturday, and I was smoking in Africa, and she lit up a Lagalier Connecticut. I'm like, man, that smells good. Yeah. And for me to say that while I have an Africa in my hand is high praise. That is a high praise. So. How do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us at facebook.com slash the cigarcast or on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast, and you can email us at info at the cigarcast.com. Well, thank you everybody for listening this week, and until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.